as we approach the table of the Lord, just has some thoughts to share with you as we consider what this means for us today. And so get your Bibles ready. We're going to be turning there soon. But before we turn in God's Word, I just have a question for you to think about. Do you know what humanity's most valuable commodity is? What's your guess for humanity's most valuable commodity? You might think it's money. Or you might think it's gold. Or Bitcoin. Although that's kind of controversial these days. If you've been watching the news. Clean water. Very valuable. Family. Very valuable. Our own health. Very valuable. But I tell you what, the older I get, I think there's one more commodity that's even more important and more valuable, and that is time. We're only given a certain number of years, and we don't know what that number is. So have you ever heard one of these phrases or said one of them yourself? We're out of time. You probably said that to your kids before. There's no more time, even. I wish we had more time. Or you might have said, her timing was impeccable. Or you might have said, he's always late. Yeah, no, maybe. Solomon admitted thousands of years ago that there is a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens. That's from the book of Ecclesiastes. Indeed, there is a time for everything, but, but sometimes... Sometimes it's possible to miss opportunities if we're late. I'm actually amazed at watching church folks um, in various churches I've been in before, and certainly this one, come in late every church, to, every day to Sunday, uh, every Sunday to church. Come in late, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And it's okay to be late, but sometimes you literally miss really important things. You're missing worship with your brothers and sisters. You miss important announcements. You miss things that happen here. And all of us sometimes are late for various activities in our lives. We all are. And sometimes it's okay. Being late is just tardy. You can be late to a dinner party and probably nobody cares. It's fine. But there are points in, in our lives when if we are late, we actually miss something important. And it's, the, the thing is gone forever. But I want to tell you this morning, we're going, to, we're going to look in God's word about his timing, God's timing. God's timing is always perfect. And we're going to see that in the birth of Christ, in the death of Christ as we come to the table today, and then in our response. These are three time-crucial dates that must not be missed in the life of the believer. So go with me, first of all, to Galatians chapter 4. We read that, Phil read that a moment ago for us. Galatians chapter 4. This is the first time-crucial date that you can't miss. You have to understand that God's timing is perfect. Ours sometimes is not. God's timing is perfect. And the first one is Jesus was born at the perfect time. So Galatians chapter 4, look with me, chapter 4, verse 4. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights as sons. Verse 6 says, because you are sons, God sent his spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So I want you to notice the time-sensitive language in this text. 
and before we go into chapter 4, there's a few others to see in chapter 3. Just go back a few verses with me. Back to verse 23 in chapter 3. Before, there's a time language right there. Before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law. Locked up until faith should be revealed. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. So look at these time-sensitive words in the text. Verse 23, before this faith came. Verse 23, I'm I'm using language from NIV, by the way. Your Bible might be slightly different, but the concept is going to be there. Verse 23, until faith should be revealed. There's another time language. Verse 25, now that faith has come, says the Apostle Paul here. And then let's jump to chapter 4, verse 2. Chapter 4, verse 2, he is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by, my, by his father. There's, a, there's language, time. Verse 3, when we were children... We were in slavery. That's past tense, about time. And then verse 4, when the time had fully come, God sent forth his son. You see it here. The biblical logic is inescapable. God's timing is perfect. He knew right when this had to happen. But consider this. God is eternal. He is not bound by human time. He is not bound by what we would call as the calendar or the clock. He's limitless. He's eternal. He is timeless. And so he who is not bound by earthly time knew that there was a perfect time for us, for humanity, to receive salvation. And so the Son of God came. And so my Bible, the NIV, says when the time had fully come. Yours might say at just the right time. Or when the fullness of time had come. That's ESV. I like how Eugene Peterson says it in the message. He says, when the time arrived that was set by God the Father. God set a time and said, okay, son, now's the time. So why was this time perfect? Why would I say to you that God's timing is perfect? Consider some of these things. After the entire Old Testament era of The people of God waiting for Genesis 3.15 to be fulfilled where, you remember that verse? It was a promise where the seed of the woman, that, that was Jesus, would crush the head of the serpent. That's Satan. So Genesis 3.15, the very beginning of human history, had a promise that something would change in the future. And for all those thousands of years, the people were waiting for that to be fulfilled. God said, now's the time. Jesus, time to come. After 400 years of prophetic silence in Israel, the time had come. After the Roman Empire was built and established in that area of the world, and they built the first interstate highway system, if you will. Well, the Roman, the Roman roads, right? So there was an ability for the gospel to be shared widely, quickly. That's an important part of time in history. After thousands of years of God's people trying to live up to the law, but realizing there must be something better, God sent his son. After prophecies stating that a time would come when God would write his law, not on tablets of stone, but on our hearts, the time had fully come. So if you're writing in your notes today, 
at the divinely perfect time Jesus was born. There's a popular worship song that states, the same God who's never late is working all things out. And so we worship him today, don't we? Because Jesus came in the fullness of time, perfect time. But friends, that's, that's not the final part of the story because we are approaching the table today which doesn't represent his birth but the death of Christ. And so here's the second crucial time date in history, and that is when Jesus died. Romans 5, let's go there. Book of Romans, just a few pages earlier in your Bible. I love these verses, Romans 5. And we're going to go to verse 6. Again, the language is almost the same. The Apostle Paul uses the same language in Romans 5, verse 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, God died for the un- Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While Christ died when we were still powerless, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So again, we have in this text a number of time-sensitive words that we want to look at today. Verse 6, at the right time. Again, verse 6, when we were still powerless. That's a time usage there. And then verse 8, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So in some ways, these verses point back to around A.D. 30 or A.D. 33, when Jesus literally went to the cross in history, an actual time in history when Christ died, because that's when he died. And yet, um, Paul's use of language, his tenses here are really fascinating. Look with me. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. That's in present tense, you who are English majors in the crowd today. God demonstrates. That's present tense language. This is proof that God is alive in Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. This is Christ's reality and vitality in our world today. He is still alive and working today. God demonstrates, present tense, his love for us in this. But then the next phrase is past tense, right? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's past. And yet I want to submit to you today that that phrase is past, present, and future. God is not bound by human time because are you not a sinner like I am? Yes, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are all sinners. And so sinful folks like you and I, past and present and the future, Christ died for all of us. It's an interesting way that the language is put together here. In a mysterious way, God uses my sin of the present now, but laid it on Jesus 2,000 years ago. And I assure you, I'm not that old. I wasn't there 2,000 years ago, but Jesus was on my behalf. Romans 6, verse 9 says, For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, 
he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. This is why we don't showcase crucifixes, crucifixes in our church with Christ still on the cross. He's not dead. He died once back then and rose again and lives now forevermore. And then he rose from the grave. The writer of Hebrews wrote, Jesus sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. He entered the most holy place in another verse in Hebrews. He entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. So God demonstrates in the present his love for me in this. While I was still a sinner, now Christ died for me back then, but it still is effective today. Amen? That's a time-sensitive date. At just the right time, Christ died for you and for me, and he still lives for you and for me. This was no accident. This was no coincidence of the Jewish mob at that time or the Roman executioners who happened to be there. No, this was God's timing. At just the right time, God died for the, Christ died for the ungodly, and that is you and that is me. So one more time-crucial date that I want to share with you, and again, the language is similar. So now, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. At just the right time, God sent forth his son. At just the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And now, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we see the third aspect of time, and that is our response. What are we going to do about that, that fact? That Jesus came in history, he died in history for me, for you. What are you going to do about it? The Bible is full of calls to respond to that truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, the very first couple of verses say this. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, and this is a quote from Isaiah, in the time of my favor I heard you. In the day of salvation I helped you. And then Paul says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Do you see the time-crucial dates here in this text? Verse 2, in the time of my favor. Again in verse 2, in the day of my salvation. The next phrase, Paul says, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. So Paul reaches back into ancient history, into prophecy in the Old Testament, and he connects it to his very day. Isaiah said, there's a day coming of salvation in God's favor. Paul says, it's now. It's here. It's here. So verse 1, again, look with me. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. What does that mean? How can we receive God's grace in vain? God's grace is all around. It is available to all. Every person who hears the word of the Lord can receive God's grace. It's available to all. Uh, and yet, it is very possible to attend church all your life, 
to sit within the sound of the gospel of grace, but not to actually receive Jesus into your life. That would be to receive God's grace in vain. You hear it, it's available, but you don't actually bring it to yourself for salvation. It's very possible to let God's grace, the gospel, go in one ear and out the other without allowing him to change you for eternity. So the question that must be asked, based on this text which says now is the day of salvation, now is the time of God's favor, have you responded to God's offer through Christ of salvation, of eternal life? Have you personally put your faith and trust in him for your eternal soul? Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to mankind whereby we must be saved. So here's the question. When is the right time to respond to Christ's offer of the forgiveness of sins? Always now. That's what the text said. Now is the time. Now is the day. It's always now. When is the time to obey God in what he asks you to do? It's always now. Not to delay, not to wait, not to assume you have more time because we don't know how much time we have. When is the right time to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit? Always now. Do you remember the, the words of Moses? Moses wrote a psalm. You remember? Most of the psalms are written by David. But, but Moses wrote one too, Psalm 90. And he said, teach us, O Lord, to number our days aright that we might gain a heart of wisdom. He had that heart. He had that same mind, didn't he? Teach us, Lord, to number our days right. That's about obeying him at every moment when he asks us to. Jesus' timing in coming to earth and dying for you and for me was perfect. Your time to respond to God's call is limited. Let me say that again. Jesus' timing in coming to earth as a baby and then dying for you and for me, it was perfect. But our time to respond to him in that is limited. Don't be late. So friends, if you have not settled this with God, if you have not prayed to receive Christ, if you have not settled your eternal future with him, then I would ask you to talk to me later or one of the pastors, someone that brought you today, and talk to them about what it means to follow Christ with your life. Perhaps today is your day of salvation. Paul said now is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. My day for salvation was back in the winter of 1980. We were living in our home in London, Ontario. I can still remember the bedroom where I was praying with my father at that time. I was five years old. I still remember that was my day of salvation. And I remember distinctly being just burdened in my heart that I didn't know where I would go if I died that very night. Even at age five, it was very clear to me that was my time. And I prayed, and ever since I've been sure of my salvation. Praise God. Praise God. So this morning, friends, before we approach the table, before we come to the table, let me read Galatians 4 one more time. When the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. 
Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit that calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. So these are reasons why we come to the table today with thanksgiving and with joy in our hearts. Why? Because God's timing was perfect. He provided a savior just when we needed it. Because we have been redeemed by his blood. Because we are called children of God in that text. Because we have received the Holy Spirit into our hearts. And because we are heirs of the gospel and its many blessings. So why don't we take a moment right now to pray silently and to reflect on our own standing before the Lord. Are you his? Are you in Christ? Take a moment and thank him personally. Are you outside his family? Talk to him now. He's listening. Repent of your sin and ask him to make you new. Are you away from the Lord right now? Well, talk to him. Pray for revival in your own soul. Commit your way to him. Let's pray now for a moment, and let's make things right. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all.